Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give here, online. You were here last Thanks Sunday, again for last joining Sunday, and enjoy today's message. message entitled, The Battle for Souls. The Battle for Souls, amen. Uh, that we, as a church, must go back and focus on the first thing of our mission statement, which is to win. Somebody say win. Somebody say win. It's to win. And winning comes by the way of evangelism. Amen. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Go down to verse 19. I'm going to be reading 19 and 20. And the word of God goes like this. Amen. Therefore, go. Somebody say go. And make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey. Somebody say obey. Obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I always will be with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Today I want to minister on a new series on evangelism. Amen. Entitled Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Amen. Somebody say, staying alive. alive. See, with everything that's going on in the world today, amen, there's something that's in the atmosphere that's trying to stop us from living. Come on, from shutdowns to social distancing to not gathering mandates, amen, people have isolated themselves and stopped living. Come on. We, somebody say, I. We as a church cannot stop being the church, amen, We cannot afford to stop living. Come on, somebody say amen. The church must stay alive. Somebody say, staying alive. Oh, oh, no. You guys know the Bee Gees, amen. Hallelujah. See, we as a church, if we're going to stay alive, then we need a heartbeat. How many know that you need a heartbeat to stay alive? If your heart's not beating, amen, guess what? You dead. You just did. Hallelujah. But we need a heartbeat. Amen. We need something pumping inside of us. We need the the blood flowing inside of us in order to be alive. Amen. Otherwise, we'll be flatline Christians. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm no flatline. (laughs) Come on. Then we need a beat. Something needs to be beating inside of us, and we need a beat, a, a heartbeat of the church, amen. We need that heartbeat, amen, that will keep us alive. And that, uh, that heartbeat, church, is evangelism. The church needs to be the hands, the feet, and the mouth of God. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it, but I, but I might ask you a question to get your mind going. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you shared your testimony? See, if you can't think of it, then it's been too long. Come on, somebody. It's been too long if you have not said some, something to someone, uh, witness to someone, uh, share your testimony to someone, tell somebody about Jesus. If you don't remember the last time, then it's been too long, church. We must partner together in evangelism. But before we can evangelize... We have to understand it. We must understand the Great Commission. The text that I just read, and I'm going to read it again, says this. Jesus came 
and he told his disciples. We got any disciples in this place? Come on, wave your hand if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he's talking to you. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach. Teach these new disciples to obey. Teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is always with you. He's always with you. So wherever you go and whatever you need to do in the kingdom of God, he is right there with you. You are never alone. See, the Great Commission is not some kind of church scheme. Come on, or religious activity that we do in our spare time. It is the very existence of the church. Most of us, if not all of us, were invited to church by someone, listen, who shared the gospel to you. Come on, someone that ministered to you. Come on, someone evangelized to you. Amen. It's both our mission in the world and our duty as Christians to, in order to fulfill what Jesus is telling us to do. It's the principle by which God reveals himself to mankind. God reveals himself in the world that you and I live in. Let me make this personal to you. God reveals himself through you. Somebody say me. You play a part. That's why everyone here, I don't care how young or old, you play a part in this. Amen. God wants to use you, amen, to reveal himself to this world. Going into the world and sharing the gospel isn't a PCLV thing. It is the word of God thing. Come on, God says to go and preach the gospel, amen. It's not something that we came up, it's the God thing, amen. It was the final instructions given to his disciples before he ascended back to heaven. Most of the salvation of the world will come through evangelism. Evangelism is what keeps the church alive. How many want to stay alive? Then evangelize. You want to stay alive, amen, tell somebody about Jesus. You want to stay alive, share your testimony. Let me tell you, it may not touch them as much, but it'll sure touch you, amen. It'll put a fire back inside of you. It'll bring an excitement inside of you. For some of you, that my wife was saying earlier, that you're just, you know what, you feel like you're dead, amen. Then start talking about Jesus to somebody and watch what God would do inside of you and remind you what he's done, amen, and what do you continue to do. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. He's a good God. Why don't we talk about him? Or maybe you're not just spending enough time with him. See, the more time you spend with him, the more you get excited about him. And the more you're excited about something, I mean, you, you can't just keep it to yourself, right? It's like a, like a what? Like a fire shut up in your bones. I, I, I got to go tell somebody. I, you know, I, I got to give somebody a flyer. I, I, I got I to witness to somebody, amen. Hopefully, you know, on a Sunday you come and, you know, you get all this and maybe God touches you, then on Monday you do nothing with it. Come on, go to work and tell somebody. 
Go to work and say, you know what, well, let me tell you what happened on Sunday. Let me, let me tell you what they, they minister about. I mean, let me, let me tell you. There's a guy at work that always tell me, oh, what, what are you going to preach on? What's the title of your message? I said, why don't you come? <laughs> come on. Invite them, church. See, the heart of God is extended towards the lost and dying world. Like I said before, we say I. We are the, 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 the hands, the mouth, the feet of Jesus. We must partner with God in salvation. God our Father has made a covenant regarding salvation. He provides the salvation by grace through faith. Amen. But we, the body of Christ, the church must be, listen, the messengers of salvation. We must preach the message to the lost. Romans chapter 10, 13 says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Message Bible puts it like this, Everyone who calls, help God! God helps. Come on, didn't you cry out one day? Come on, how many here said, come on, God help me. God, I'm in my mess. God, I'm lost. Amen. God, I'm down and out and God reached out where we're at. Amen. The miry pit that we were at and he reached out and pulled us out. Amen. And he put us on a solid ground once again. He says, God, I heard your cry, son. I heard your cry, daughter. I'm here. What is it that you want from me? Sinners must believe, church. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, the first part of it says this, amen. It says, it's only those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Those are the ones that, let me tell you, that get saved, amen. It's only those that ask for salvation, amen. But before they can call upon them, upon him, amen, they must believe in him, right? Romans chapter 10, 14, verse part of that in Message Bible says this, how can people call for help? If they don't know who to trust. The New Living Translation puts it like this. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? See, sinners must believe, listen, that Jesus died for their sins. We got any believers in the house? Come on. That Jesus can save them, listen, from judgment. But they also must believe that on the third day, somebody say third day. That on the third day, Christ rose from the dead. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But before we can trust somebody, we must know some, something about that person, right? Come on, the, uh, Romans 10 14, the second part of that says this, how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard about the one that can be trusted? Before we can say we believe in Jesus, we, we got to know something about him. Can somebody say amen? Come on, they, we, there, there must be an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ in our lives, amen. Acknowledging Jesus in our lives requires some drastic changes. Like we said earlier, it was said before, we're not the same anymore. 
Come on. Uh, oh, we shouldn't be the same. Hallelujah. You got to know that Jesus Christ did die for you to change. Amen. Uh, come on. You don't continue walking in the same walk. Amen. When you have an encounter with God. Amen. Something drastic changes in your life. You're, you're walking this way one time and now you it's about face. Amen. And you're living a different lifestyle. Something has to change inside of you. Amen. If you had an encounter with God. We're not the same no more. Tell your neighbor, stop acting the same. <laughs> we shouldn't be thinking the same, church. We shouldn't be talking the same. We shouldn't be listening to the music the same. Old music. You know what I'm talking about, amen? Come on, we, there has to be some kind of change in our life, uh, some kind of character change, amen, inside our lives. If we truly had an encounter of God, amen, we are not the same anymore. Change must be evident in your life. If you're still walking in with a cara de chancla, then there is no change, hallelujah. Come on. You, you can't you, you can't walk in like that no more. Everyone goes through troubles. But God's still God. <laughs> He's still on the throne, church. Come on, at least you're not destined to hell anymore. Hallelujah. Come on, that should put a smile on you. Hallelujah. Come on, God's done some things in our lives. And we get sad because we're going through things. And God says, I'm here. I've never left you. I'm right here and my promises still hold, son. My promises still hold, daughter. Amen. Come on, just hang on. Trust me. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It says, I'll be with you to the end of the age. You do what I tell you to do and I'll be there right with you. Everyone else can bail, but I'll never bail. Remember Shama in the middle of that bean field? Everyone else bailed on him. But he stood there in that middle of the bean field. Why? Because he knew that God was with him still. And he'll defeat. He'll defeat anything that comes your way, church. Because God is bigger than anything that's coming in front of you. There must be evidence of change in our lives. Because listen, church, we're involved in something that has external consequences. Come on, the consequences is heaven or hell. Don't forget that. There's no middle ground, church. Come on, it's either, it's either uh, the smoking section or non-smoking. That, that's it. What, what, what section are you going to, amen? Come on, you, you can't be a puffing Christian, amen? Puffing saint, amen? You, you, you can't be that, amen? We, we got to make up a mind because it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a consequence of heaven or hell. We're talking about destiny here, church. Come on, we're not talking about just what, this is, this is where we're going to spend eternal life in. Just you coming to church doesn't mean you're in. Come on. Just because you came to PCLV don't mean that you're in. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You can't go in the pretty gate and say, hey, there's my pastor. Pastor, tell him I'm, I went to your church. <laughs> I don't get you in, church. You can't get in. I say, oh, yeah, little man. No, I, Come on. You got to go in because he knows you. I say, you got to get in because he knows you. You spend time with him, amen, hallelujah. That's why he says that many of me on that last day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and this and that? And he's going to say, get away from me for I never what? Knew you. It's about relationship. It's not about just coming to church and sitting in a pew, amen, even if you give your tithe. That doesn't get you in. You can't pay your way into church. 
You can't bring out a list of things that you did and say, look what I did. Can I get in? Get me in. No, no. Did, do you know him? Does he know you? There has to be a relationship, church. And when you have a relationship, you talk about your relationship. You talk about, amen, I, I, I talk about my wife all the time. Woo, I got the best wife. I do. I tell, I tell everybody at work, amen, no, no, my wife's better than your wife. You, you don't know my, let me tell you what my wife's been through. And I start telling the story. I start telling about the dumb things I did. And then I start talking about Jesus and how he just fixed us, amen. And boom. Save man, hallelujah. Cleansed up, amen, redeemed, amen, forgiven, hallelujah. God fixed my life. But I started saying, the woman I had in my life that just made it all happen. Sharing simple things like that gets people's attention. Because people are going through the same thing that you may have gone through. Now your testimony, now your, your, your story, now your, the gospel, now the, the, it gives them what? Hope, church. You're evangelizing. Philippians 2.12 says that to work out your, your, your salvation in what? In fear and trembling. Tell your neighbor, work it out. You got to work it out. Can you get me in, pastor? Can you vouch for me? Get it, work it out. Hallelujah. I can't get you in there. I'll help you get in. Amen. But it's, it's up to you. Can't stand in front of that gate and pull out your PCLV membership card. <laughs> Part of PCLV. Pastor R. You know Pastor R, right? He's right over there. He's talking to Peter. <laughs> People are saying, you guys got cards? <laughs> No, we don't got no cards, amen. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, work it out. Work it out in fear and trembling. This is something that we have to work out, amen. Uh, reverence to the Lord, amen. Uh, you know what? I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to be that, amen. Uh, I won't do that anymore. Uh, Sister Miranda brought it out on Wednesday, amen. I, I don't want to do that anymore. You got to be sick and tired of sick, being sick and tired. Say, God, I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be that woman. Amen. I don't want to be in that bondage. I don't want to do anything that's evil in your sight, God. I want to live for you. I want to be changed. It must be evidence, but you got to work it out. Right? You can't just work it out on Sunday. Sunday is easy to work it out. Right? You come around and like, yeah, woo. You get out these doors. Woo, that's where the working is. When you're around co-workers, whoa, come on. That's where the working starts. Hallelujah. You got to work it out. Why? Why do you have to work it out? Because you can lose your salvation. This is not a once save, always save relationship, church. It must be worked out. It must be worked out, church. Now, you wouldn't buy something valuable from someone that you didn't know or trust, right? Would you? See, I, I, I sell for a living. And most of the people that buy from me trust me. They do. They trust me. They trust the story I may give them. I, they trust if I say, this is what I own. They trust that I say that, amen, that he really, you really own this? I said, yeah, that, I, that's the same model I bought. It goes, well, if you have it, then I trust you and I'll buy it. They trust me. 
Come on, I've been selling appliances here in Las Vegas for 20 years, amen. I've been doing this for 37 years in my life, amen. People come back to me, tell neighbors about me, tell now their kids about me, amen. Why? Because they like me. And <laughs> they like me, really. But most importantly, they trust me. They know I won't steer them wrong. And I won't steer anybody wrong just to make a buck. I'll tell them the truth. That one, eh, that one's all right. It's the truth. I, I, you know, it's my reputation. And, and if I do that, guess what? It goes down the line. They're going to invite somebody. They're, they're going to say, you know, that, that machine is awesome. And that was a great choice. I told my neighbor about you. No, 20 years now. Now their kids were here. Now they're, they're adults buying their own place now. Now they're coming to me. My dad, and mom, my dad and mom bought a washing machine. Now I came back to buy one from you. They really liked you. They really liked me. <laughs> so how do we find out something about the character and the nature of Christ? You've got to talk to somebody who knows him. Ask questions about him, right? They ask questions. See, the third part of, of Romans chapter 4, uh, 10, 14 says, How shall they hear without a preacher? The function of the preacher is to tell what they know about Jesus, amen, to be a witness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be what? My witnesses. All of us, somebody say me again are to be his witness. That means that all of us are what? Preachers. You're all preachers, church. You may not stand behind a pulpit every Sunday and minister, amen, but you are preachers of his gospel to this world, amen. You are a witness uh, of who he is in your life, amen. Uh, you are a witness of what he's done in your life, church. But not only will we receive power, come on, not only will we be his witness, amen, but Acts 1.8 goes on and says, telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere and everyone. Not just the people that you like. Come on, somebody. Come on, you go reach to the people you like, amen. We got to preach to everyone. And for some of you, that means your family. <laughs> come on. There's some broken relationships and families today that they don't talk, amen, and the gospel is a way to connect them once again. Burn those bridges, amen, and just make a connection. We have to witness to everyone. Who? Everyone. Who? Everyone. everyone. Come on. That means, that means enemies, friends, people that owe you money. <laughs> Come on. Everyone. Bring them to the house of God and tell them about Jesus. See, Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascended back to heaven was to be a testimony to somebody. To share at first hand the knowledge of what took place in your life. Come on, in the criminal uh, court law of law, amen, it will only accept the testimony of someone who actually saw the crime take place, right? Come on, they're called what? A key witness, Right? Come on, I, I, I witnesses, I, I, I saw it, amen. See, the Bible is the written record of God's faithfulness. But our lives, somebody say my life. Our lives are the living record of what God is doing today. 
You are a witness to God, not only what he's done in the past. Now I'm talking about the cross in your past, but he's also the God, most importantly, of the present. What God can do today. Somebody say today. You see, the sinner, amen, as you go minister, amen, and share. Come on, there. the sinner doesn't want to know what happened 2,000 years ago. Come on, they, they don't even want to know what happened 100 years ago or 100 days ago. They need to know what God can do for them today. Hallelujah. And yes, amen, that's all connected to the cross, church. But right now, you got to tell God can put your life together today. Amen. He can heal you today. Amen. He can deliver you today. Amen. Come on. He can set you free today. Come on. He can open your eyes today. Amen. You got to tell him what God can do today. He can heal your marriage. He can set you free. He can get you a job. He can do anything that you need. He can do that today. And then you start to share the testimony of what Christ did on the cross. They want to need to know what today. Okay, that's great. 2,000 years, but what can they do right now? Let me tell you what he can do. You share your testimony. Start evangelizing to somebody. And tell them about Jesus. When you're a witness, then you are keeping yourself alive. It's a heartbeat, church. When you start to evangelize and you just start sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, something just starts to beat inside of you. And sometimes it gets excited, right? Right? When you, when you found love with your spouse, you see your spouse, you're like, it should, it, should, it should be a little faster, right? When you start sharing things, it should be a little faster when you start sharing things, church. The Great Commission is to preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16, 15 says this, and he said to them, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples again. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Great Commission is to get the news out, the good news, and tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody about the Lord, amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 says this. Let me remind you, your brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you, and will, with, uh, saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe in something that was never truth in, true in the first place. I pass on to you what is important and what's been also passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture says. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the scripture said. These, these, these verses here contain the very essence of the gospel. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel, church. That's it. There's no complication. He came, he died, and he rose again. Come on, that is the gospel, amen. Now, these, you got to understand, we need to tell them. We need to compel them. Come on, church, you got to understand, it's more than an information center. People have questions, amen. Now, like I said, I, I, I love it when they ask questions at, 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 at work, amen. Now, there's always this, this, is, this New Yorker, amen, now, that, that, that moved here, amen. Now, and he always asks me questions. They're curious. I tell them, you got to come. Come. 
Have an encounter. After we answer questions, church, we got to invite them. It doesn't, it doesn't end there. You preach it. You testify about it. And then you invite them. Invite them to come. See, some of us are great telling things, but there's no invitation. They're like this, great, and that's it. <laughs> Want an invitation? You'd be surprised if you just invite somebody, they'll come. Come on. Share. They see something in you, start talking about what's in your life. Share the Christ inside of you. Tell them what he's done, and let me tell you, once they get, a, they get this, they'll start asking you, where's your church? And then you invite them. Have a flyer. Give it to them. Invite them to come. Invite them to stay. Invite them to grow. Matthew chapter 22, verse 10 says this. So the servants brought, brought in everyone they could find, the good and the bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. You got to go out and invite them. Come on, we know the story here. No one came to the banquet, so he says, go out in the byways and everywhere and just bring anyone you can to come. That's what we do. We've got to just invite everyone. Come on, come to church. Come to my church. Come check out Jesus. Amen. Here's a flyer. This is where we are. Amen. Let me, come on, just come and let the Lord touch you. Now, there's a difference between teaching the gospel and preaching the gospel. Teaching the gospel involves the impartation of knowledge about the Jesus to the hearer. But preaching the gospel compels the hearer to act upon the spiritual truth that they just heard. Come on, it's either by accepting it or what? Rejecting it. When the gospel is preached, the preacher must bring the hearer to a place of decision concerning Christ. To receive him as Savior or to reject him. It's an altar call, church. That's why we have an altar call here at PCLV. It's always an invitation at the end of service for Jesus to come into somebody's life as Lord and Savior. Now, preachers may do all they can to persuade the person or persons. Amen. But how many know it's only the Holy Spirit who brings conviction to the hearer? Come on, John 16, 8 through 11 says this, and when, it, and when he comes, speaking of Christ, when he comes, he will convict, or the, or the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of his sin and, God, and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available, available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world is already being or has already been judged. See, teaching and preaching uh, styles can vary, church. Uh, now, the style of teaching and preaching uh, is not as important, listen, as the anointing. The preacher or the teacher may sit down. He may stand up. Uh, he may run around. Amen. He may be laid back, dynamic. Amen. But there is no substitute for the anointing. Come on, somebody. The best preachers and teachers are the anointed ones. See, the fulfillment of the Great Commission requires both teaching and preaching. Evangelistic preaching must be based on the Word of God, amen, and the lifting of the name of Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 says this, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. Preaching and teaching to the sinner is evangelism, church. Preaching and teaching to the sinner is evangelism. Preaching and teaching to the saints, say, that's me. That's discipleship. See, from when we go to what? To build. From when we go to build. From winning the lost, now we can start to build. We win them, amen. We win them through evangelism, and we win them, amen, by sharing the gospel. Amen. Then from there, we can go to the build part, church, which is discipleship. The goal of discipleship is to equip the believers to serve, to go forth and preach the gospel, amen, to evangelize, to equip, and to support those that are sent. But to fulfill the Great Commission requires evangelism, discipleship, serving, and sending out, church. Win, build, serve, send. Say that with me. Win, build, serve, send. Amen. And we offer this by offering real faith, real change. We have to go back to winning the loss. If we're going to build his church, then let's be the church. Evangelism is never supposed to stop. It is the heartbeat of the church. And if we're going to be a church that's staying alive, then we, say I, must go back and evangelize. To share the, the gospel. All of you are, are preachers. Once you start sharing the gospel and start preaching the cross, you're a preacher. To share. That's all it is. Evangelism is just sharing to the sinner. This is what God did for me. This is what, what happened on the cross. This is what this is what where I was and what God did for my life. It's, 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 it's sharing the gospel and talking about your favorite, your 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 friend, your savior, your everything. They'll, they'll get to once you get them in and, and get them in the doors, God will do the rest. They'll understand the cross. They'll understand the Holy Spirit. They'll, they'll start to understand all that. But you can win them by simply sharing your testimony. You can win them by just sharing the very things that you know about God in your life. The world's looking, church. The world's seeking right now. With everything that's going wrong and the, 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 the uh, uh, things that are in darkness right now, the, the concerns, amen, the, of what's going on in the world, amen. This is the greatest opportunity for the church is to present Jesus to this world because they're hearing and they're waiting and they need answers. There's like an echo here. The world needs answers. And we got the, we got the answer, church. We got Jesus. Jesus is the answer for this world. And we need to go back and have that in our hearts. We're so focused on us. Come on, let's be honest. We're focused on us that we forgot about everything else. Even forgot about our relationship with him, right? Going back to that first love. God says, God, I want you. I want to spend time with you again. See, we spend time with him. Evangelism comes easy. Holy Spirit, you get filled. 
Evangelism comes easy, church. Just tell somebody. Why would you want to keep something so valuable, so awesome to your only to yourself? You share that, right? Right? If you had a big screen TV, you want everybody to see it, right? Oh, check out my big screen TV. Yeah. <laughs> you share things of value. And we got something that's great for this world, church. They need answers. They're confused. They're scared. And we got something that can set them free. Can somebody say amen? As I close today, our fellowship was built on this. It wasn't some great idea that Praise Chapel came up with. Come on. We were just taught the Word of God and to do what Jesus told His disciples to do. And if we do it, listen, we can win the world. That's, that's what all that was taught to us. Do this and we can win the world. That's what He told His disciples. Twelve disciples. Do this, and we can win the world. And that's what we're doing today. We have to go back to what started our church and the roots of our church back there to do the very thing that God just told us to do. And if we can do that, we can win the world. It's all about staying alive, and it comes through evangelism. By partnering, believing, witnessing, and doing the Great Commission. Let's just go back to the basics, church. We can win this world and we can win our families back to Christ. I can tell you it's hard for this.